the obvious question how was thanksgiving how was thanksgiving how about for you you go first um it was good it was good yeah yeah like that i mean all right everybody wants to know did everyone that was supposed to come come and did anybody that wasn't expected did anyone else come so um did anyone who wasn't supposed to come because you talked to friends who self-invited did self-invited said friends did they come i've i've i before before Thanksgiving, I ended up just speaking to these self-invited people just to, like, just lay it out on the table. Like, word on the street is. To uninvite them? No, just to, like, get clarity. Like, word on the street is you are coming to my house for Thanksgiving. And it was yeah. like, yeah, of course. Because you're supposed to open your doors on Thanksgiving. Like, that's a day of giving thanks. If you're doing just... Thanksgiving, if you're not doing Thanksgiving, no, you're not supposed to open but, your doors necessarily. But you did do Yes, what I'm saying so is did they, come they no? self-invited before I had any in idea of... I wasn't doing Thanksgiving until people self-invited, and that forced me to do Thanksgiving. Did so they, they came, okay. yes. Um, You're so sweet. That's nice of you. Yeah. You for anybody them. who knows... If I've, they got a plate. If I'm entertaining all... Most. Most are welcome. All are not welcome. But most. You, you got to... We have to have some flagrant issues for you not to be welcome. Were they able to leave a, leave with a plate also? Oh, so that's mandatory? With me for Thanksgiving. Really? Because I am not the big food person. Mm. I need this stuff out of my house. I don't want it sitting in my refrigerator. Really? Um, so I always buy uh, take-home boxes so that people can pack their food up in very nice, sophisticated Tupperware and go on about their business. My goal is always to have all the food out by the end of the night. It never happens, but that's the goal. Yeah. But it was good. Um had a couple of, you know, it was it was good. It was a little bit more people than I expected, but I more love started to get again. I I started to get that rundown about twenty four hours in advance. Like, hey, can I bring such and such? Mm. Hey, I was gonna go here, but you know what? I'm gonna just go here. Hey, did you know I was in town? Like, oh, sure. So, good times. I'm always prepared. So, I was prepared for whatever whoever I was prepared. Okay. All right. So Thanksgiving for me was wonderful. It was smaller than usual. Like, you know, 2019 is like my, my benchmark. Like we had something like 60 to 80 boomers, maybe even 100. I, I can't remember. But we had a lot of boomers at that time. Visit from all over. Uh, this time was way smaller. We had about 20 folks come through. And uh, it was nice. It was okay. nice. What was your favorite food item? So my dad does this amazing chopped barbecue using turkey that is just the best ever like i don't i've never seen this at a restaurant like i don't know if he invented this i don't know if this is a family recipe but he takes a whole turkey he chops it up finely does the whole the way they do chopped pork like pulled pork yeah but the turkey kind it's amazing every time okay can i tell you even though i'm not a big food person like can i tell you my top food item sure so Honorable mention forever and always is collard greens. Okay. I ride for collard greens. Um, you guys probably don't know my collard green story, but 
Although I've always been African-American, I did not start eating collard greens until about three years ago. <laughs> Thank um, you for the African-American disclosure because we just, wondered how long you've yes, been. Yes, I've always been African-American, but I never, my yeah. first occurrence with collard greens was like three years ago. Mm. And ever since I've been riding this wave very hard, I, I've leaned in on the collard greens. So that always gets an honorable mention. But while I don't eat it any other time of the year, Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's always about the ham for me. Really? I grew up. You're like semi-vegan and you do ham? So here's the thing. My mother is from the South. Mm, I've okay. grown up. You know, my mother does does it all. It's chitlins. It's pig's feet. It's the whole thing. That's her, like, that's her thing, you know? But you stop at the butt. I you, mean. You can't keep going. See, I've never, I've never gone that far. But I've always been bacon, ribs, ham, pork chops, mm. right? And so as I've gotten older, I've had to release some of those things just for... Just think it's better for me personally, right? I don't want to talk down on the pig at all. But when it's a holiday, Thanksgiving and Christmas specifically, it is always ham. about the ham for me. And just to just to give you a little bit more clarity. So my mother's always made ham a particular way only for me. So she makes the ham mm -hmm. the way that people make ham. Okay. I like a twice cooked ham. Mm. So my mother will then slice off. The parts of the ham that are for me, put them in a casserole dish, okay. season them a second time, Lord, help and me. then put them back into the oven. Like born again ham. That's how I eat. Like So the way that it goes to the table, I don't, that don't have nothing to do with me. It's like baptized I've got to remove my parts, put it back in a casserole dish, season it a second time because it's already been seasoned, put that back in the oven, and then my ham is ready. Lord, make me over again. So... I love it. That's great. That's great. It's yeah. So, but Thanksgiving was good. It was good. It was good to have some days off. Did you participate in any of the in the Black Friday? Yeah, nah. No, that's I'm not, not your a, thing. Yeah, I'm not a big shopper. Yeah, I'm trying to honestly, like, to be a hundred percent. Twenty twenty one for me. The second half of twenty twenty one, I've been really focused on just like doing a lot of the things that we talk about. So I've been really in wealth building mode. And yeah. so I, I have not been doing a ton of shopping. I don't, you know, shame anyone who does. I just like, for me, I'm thinking about like, I've got a kid who'll be going to college in two years and I need to make sure I'm prepared for that. I have, you know, two more right behind that, you know, so I'm, I'm very much focused on wealth building right now. So okay. did not do a lot of shopping. Sounds like you didn't need a TV this year. Okay. Yeah. I've got a lot of TV. I have more TVs in my crib than I have people. So yeah. I think you do too. No, fat. Oh, good God. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. So I didn't do any Black Friday. Typically what I do is if there's something that I've wanted earlier in the year, I just, I will wait. I'll wait months until Black Friday comes and then I will purchase the thing that I've been waiting for all year. I'm not in that space. So there was no need for me to participate in Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Black Friday. Yes. Because I'm Black every day. Yeah, African American Friday. Yes. Um, we should talk today about things that folks need to be mindful of as we head into the end of the year. Yeah. Because there are a number of deadlines coming up, and once these dates come and go, you can't do anything about some of these things. Yeah, a lot of times we are like just waiting for the year to end, like it's been a long year, you know what, I'm ready to ride this thing out. But that also means that you're running out of time for a number of things that you should be taking care of, especially when it comes to your financial checklist that might get overlooked or that you're like, I didn't even think about that. And then when the new year comes, it's like, 
you're rushing, you're hustling to try to get some things in order, or you've just missed out on some really important dates and deadlines. Facts, facts. We're going to go through these things because not everyone has a financial advisor like facts. us to remind you of these things. Yes. We can and be your podcast financial advisor. I think that's, that's official. Yeah. So anybody, yeah. you don't have to call us. You don't have to hit us up. But if you listen to our podcast regularly and happen to find yourself taking our advice, then I think, you know, maybe we're your podcast financial advisor. Yeah, financial planners. We're not we're not responsible if, if things go wrong. That's yeah. on you. I don't know what to tell you. Things that go well, things we'll that take go well, full responsibility for that. We are here. Yeah. Um, so first things first, let's start with your flexible spending account. So the flexible spending account for those of you who have them, and not everyone has them. This is a sort of employer benefit. I was just gonna tell you, you have to have a job. The yeah, number this is one job related. If you have a job, yeah, then you know. A flexible spending account is allowing you to put money away on a pre-tax basis for medical expenses. Now, the challenge to a flexible spending account is that there's a use it or lose it provision. Right. So we're not saying contribute. We're saying check your balance and see if there is some funds that are still there that you might need to exhaust before the end of this year so you don't lose it. Yeah. Usually it's not a ton of money. Like in 2021, the max was twenty seven fifty. Some employers have the ability to raise that limit, but you've put away potentially almost 3K, and if you did not use it for medical expenses, you're going to lose that money. So make some doctor appointments. Also, that's why we're talking to you now. Like yeah. You've got almost 30 days to get these things done. Make some doctor's appointments. A lot of times there are dental things. Right? That was the first thing that came to mind. So I know a lot of people, my dentist is very good about sending me emails, mm-hmm. right? And emails. My dentist has never emailed me. Oh, my dentist emails me and it's like, hey, it's been enough time. So my, my dental relationship, and I know this is different for others, I go twice a year for just the standard cleaning. So it's not an annual cleaning. Mm-hmm. It's a biannual cleaning for me. And so my dentist emails me and if I don't respond, it's like, did you see my email? I have to either now, are decline. Now, automated emails? Who knows? Now, I, I get text messages from yeah, my dentist, who knows? by the way. I might be, but I've responded and then I've gotten a response. Yeah. Um, it's not like with a link to schedule. Like I still have to call. There is no like steps removed. But I know a lot of people who don't like going to the dentist. And so they hold out. And so if you have not gone this year... That's a way to spend down on your flexible spending account, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be the dentist, but whatever it is, maybe you haven't been to the eye doctor. Um, maybe your back been hurting. You might want to make a chiropractor appointment, whatever it is. You don't want these funds to go to waste. And then again, next year, they not be available to you. Like this is your money. So spend it. Yeah, that's a fact. Like maybe go buy a bunch of glasses if your medical, if your vision coverage will allow for it, that you can use your flexible money for it. But you don't want it to go to waste. Like my dentist actually used to give me like, a, all right, here's all the things wrong with your mouth and <laughs> let's map it out. And I would be thinking in the back of my head, all right, I need to make sure I'm spending X amount because you've got deductibles to consider. You've got, you know, if there's flexible spending account dollars. So you kind of need to budget out your medical to make sure you spend all that money by the end of the year. Because yeah. once 1231 comes, some companies do allow you to spend it a little bit into 22, but mostly 1231 is your drop dead deadline for flexible spending accounts. Yeah. So I like your dentist. My dentist doesn't do that. Your dentist, you know, identifies the problems and then you guys map it out. My dentist identifies the problems and they all have to get fixed today. There is no time for me to prepare. There is no, she will clear a schedule. 
Like you've got things. And since you're here and your mouth's open, we're going to get it done today. My dentist, I really love my dentist. Um, I don't think she has much bedside manner is my issue. Like mm-hmm. there's no small talk. There's no warming you up. There's no, hey, this isn't going to be that bad. Yeah. She just gets straight to it. She has a very strong arm. Wow. Um, shout out to my dentist. She's Jamaican, uh, HBCU grad, and a Delta. Um, all those things. And I appreciate that. Yeah. But um, I, okay. sometimes I just like a hello. How are you? Yeah. I don't get any of that. It's I, I get straight to it. Get, get to business. I get all that. And when it's over, she just walks out. Wow. It's not a see you next time. Wham, bam. Thank you, dentist. <laughs> yeah. All right. So other things that once 1231 comes and goes, you can't do. And by the way, my dentist, I think, is like looking at my mouth as like a pipeline of future opportunities. Facts. So Upselling. I think, I think he's like, all right, we got all of these things. Let's see what we could do this quarter for my, you know what I mean, for, now for my, your health and my own Mine P&L. is not like that. She yeah. will not. If, she, if I'm like, hey, I think I need it. You don't need that. Like all the time she shuts yeah. me down. I was thinking that maybe we should do. You don't need to do that. Yeah. We only need to address major issues. And again, if there's anything else that I'm just bringing up, I heard about a new, you don't need to do that. Yeah. We're not doing it. Okay. That. All right. So other things that 1231, once it comes and goes, there's really nothing you can do about it. Your 401k contribution. Yes. So this is not about spending down. This is about putting in. Correct. Right? Like we always talk about maxing out on your 401k, on your retirement plan. And just for clarity, because a lot of people get confused, maxing out does not mean matching your employer contribution into your retirement savings, right? So if you do get an employer match, some people do, some people don't. People oftentimes think that matching what they put in there means maxing out. Absolutely not. There is a dollar amount that you are allowed to contribute on an annual basis to your retirement plan. That means maxing out, doing whatever you have to do to hit that number. If you have not maxed out on your retirement plan, you've got a couple of more days to get it done. You want to max out every single year if you can afford it, right? And by afford it, I don't mean because you also got shoes, bags, and Black Friday to participate in. Like you want to do everything you can to max out. And so you want to do what you can to max out every single year because kind of the clock starts over on January 1st. That's a fact. And just so we are clear, the maximum amount you can put in is $19,500 if you're under 50. If you're over 50, they let you put in some catch-up contributions. So you can put in up to $26,000. Right. So if you have not contributed nineteen five or 26000 depending on your age, by the end of this year, you want to try to do that. Because what you can't do is say, listen, I only I only contributed 14000 last year. I'm going to add that on the next year. Like That's yeah, the thing that, that you're not able to do. Yeah. And most people need to max out if they want to retire with some decency, right? Like you, a lot of folks are putting in way under the max, yeah, right? And you should endeavor to get to that max. Maybe you can't do it this year, but you at least want to know where you stand, right? And if your budget allows, you can actually do like a 100%, you know, 401k percentage in the month of December or 75%. Or 60% just so you can catch up. Yeah, because there are a lot of people who max out early in the year. They get it done early mm-hmm. and they and they don't have to worry about it until the next year, right? So we don't really care if it's at the beginning of the year, if it's spread out equally across 12 months or, you know, you play catch up at the end of the year. But we really want you to do that. And the thing that I think about or what I hear when I hear about people who are like, you know, I didn't contribute to my retirement early on is because I wasn't thinking about retirement, right? I was young. I, I, I didn't plan on retiring anytime soon. 
But what ends up happening is when you are ready to retire, when retirement is approaching, or when retirement is forced on you by unforeseen circumstances, you're then concerned about your quality of life in retirement, right? Like, oh, I want to retire and travel, or I want to be able to pay off my house, or I want to move, or I want to mm -hmm. do all these other things. But those are the type of things that you're planning for. You're not planning for the day you stop working, right? I think we should think about it. You're planning for the second phase of life. Decades, you hope it lasts. Right? Like, that's what you're planning for. And so, no, while you might not be thinking, I'm going to stop working anytime soon, you do know that you are planning a second phase of life. And so, that's what you're contributing for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, some people might also have a Roth 401k option. You can also max out at the 19500 Now, you can't do both. Like, you can't put in 19500 into the traditional 401k. And nineteen thousand five hundred into the Roth, but which is which is real haterish. But you could pick one. I think I think I think it's a lot of hateration when it comes to that. Like if I want to double up, if I want to make sure my retirement is like extra lit, mm. I should be able to just go ham on it. Well, you can double up. You'd have to do an IRA contribution, so you can you can do an extra IRA contribution for fifty five hundred. I know what you're saying, okay, and I know all the other ways, brokerage accounts, other investments, being diversified. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if I got two retirement situations set up, let me do my thing. Mind your business. You're not retiring with me. Yeah, it's a little hateration. No, but the IRA, they that is a retirement account. It's little though. You can put six k. It's little, exactly. Or seven k if you're over. It's little. Yeah, you can put some extra. I want two bigs. But let me let me just shine light on the Roth 401k option, just for a moment. So the way a traditional 401k works, you put money in and you get a tax break on every dollar that goes in. So you, you make 100k, you put away, let's say, 19500 You're taxed as if you made 80500 that year, meaning it, it's, nice. a, it's a tax deduction, but they get you on the back end. And that's what I was getting ready to say. That's that's my issue, right? Like again, that's where the further hateration comes along, right? Like, hey, I'm gonna do you a little. It's like saying, like, yeah, you need to you need to borrow some money. I got some money for you. You need like five, ten dollars. I got something for you. I'm gonna need two hundred percent interest <laughs> on the back. That's a fact. so yes, you put your money in, and there is a, a a slight tax benefit, but they're gonna get all of their money plus some on the back end when you take it when out. you take it out. Yeah, and that's like. People aren't really thinking about it so much right now because they're like, you know, when I'm old, my tax rate might be low. But now, nah, like a lot of people, we're seeing like we have some folks that are in their 70s and they're in that age range where they have to take money out of their retirement account. Like it's not an option anymore. Like when you when you get to the age of 72, they force you to take money out. And sometimes these sums are significant. They're six-figure sums because you've built up a really big retirement account. Right. I also think about people who have pensions and Social Security, right? Like my parents are doing well in their post-70 years in income, right? Like both of my parents still work. There's pensions for jobs that they have for 20-something-odd 20 years. There's Social Security. So they are in a higher income bracket. Yeah. And then they're being forced to take money out of their retirement. Yep, and that's going to make it even higher, right? So the alternative is if your company has a Roth 401k, we really want you to take a look at that account. And maybe you can't contribute this year, but maybe for next year. A Roth 401k is awesome because you don't get the tax break up front, but the investments in that account will grow completely tax-free. And that's why they don't let you put a lot of money in. 
Yeah. That's that's the truth on that one. The reason why is because again, all of your growth is tax free. When you take that money out after you done hit big in your <laughs> investments, like you don't have to pay taxes on that. Therefore, they're not letting you put that much money in there. So the beauty of the Roth 401k is that like the Roth IRA, there's income limits. Like if you have a Roth IRA and you make more than like $200,000 as an individual, you can't put anything into that account. But a Roth 401k, even if you made a million dollars and your company has that option, you can still contribute. Like that's really, really a good thing. It's like a, a backdoor into getting into a Roth just because your company allows it. And if you're young and you've got years and years until you turn 60 or 70, you've got a real big chance that that Roth 401k could hit it big. And for a lot of people who are just hearing these terms for the first time, that sounds like you need to talk to your HR department. What type of retirement plans do you offer? Are there Roth options? Are there traditional options? Like maybe you just only thought about your 401k because that's what you're used to at your previous employers, if that's all you ever heard about. Again, maybe it's time to have these conversations to see what the options are. And there may be a lot more than just the traditional 401k. And let me clean up these income limits. I said the wrong number earlier. So if you are single, you can no longer contribute to a Roth IRA once you've made over $139,000. If you're married, you can't do it once you've made over $208,000, right? So the beauty of this Roth 401k is that despite how much money you make, you can still contribute. Okay, so we're going to keep talking about things that you need to be mindful of, things that you need to get in order by the end of the year. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to thenorthstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. We are back. Yes. The end of the year is approaching. Thanksgiving is gone, which means we got Christmas, Hanukkah. Hanukkah is about to roll through. We got Christmas, but we're, we're ending this year. 2021 is coming to a close. And there are a lot of things in your financial adult life that you need to be mindful of, check in on and get in order before the end of the year hits. Yeah, we spent a lot of time before the break talking about retirement and make, making sure you've got the right amount contributed. We also were really bigging up the Roth. Like this guy Roth, like he put it down. Like this is I a do great, wonder where the term comes from. It's a guy's name. It's is, the, what's it's his the, first name? It's the congressman who made, invented like this legislation. Okay. Mr. Roth. His name is Senator William Roth in 1997. I was I was really hoping for something more colorful. Like William. I was ex- I was really hoping for like a Clarence, Clarence Roth. <laughs> just something that just felt it sounded possibly black. No. Just more colorful, cause Roth ain't ain't really all that cute to begin with. So well, I was hoping cool, that's a cool name. Is it? My man Roth's coming through tonight. Nah, if that's your first name, I think it's cool. Roth. Yeah. See, look, even your eye, your eyes went up like 
first name no, Roth. Sounds like his name is Ross, but you have a speech impediment. No, like Roth, like with the Roth Stevens. I like that. Yeah. I'm not having any children, but maybe I would have considered Roth. If you married a dude named Roth, or you no, would like have if taken I were having name. a child. Oh, first name. First name Roth. <laughs> yes, even though I've never planned on having That'd children. Be a horrible name. No, not at all. Um, I have always had children's names. In the case that I did have one. Can you give us some more? Like just one or two more names? I'm willing to... Again, I'm not doing this, so it's fine. Yeah, so they could take them. What names? So my son, this was certain. Mm. I don't care what the other person on the other side felt about this. Okay. Was Christian. Okay, Christian. All right. Now, the... uh, Named after the Louboutin uh, guy? Not even. It's even worse where the name came from. Where does it come from? Okay, just listen. Just bear with me. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm. I am. I am a part of the culture, right now. You guys might not remember this. During my high school years, don't say Christian, the singing group. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Is it a singing group? Remember, it was like that with Jay Z. Jay Z had the Chris sing- John. Chris John. That's yeah. exactly where oh it came God. from. I love that Computer Love remix. First of all, I love Zapp and Roger and Computer Love. Just shout out. I'm a big Zapp and Roger fan. But when they did that remix. I'm kid over a remix? First of all, no one would have known. I'm just sharing it because right, it doesn't the, matter what's now. What's the second name? But your... I wasn't going to call him Chris John. It was going to be Christian. Like no one would have put oh two and two together. What, what, what was, what, give me a second kid name. What about for a girl? So I've always been a little bit shaky on the girls because I've always wanted, if I had a girl, I wanted her to have a... Androg- like a unisex name mm-hmm. solely for the sake of a resume. I okay. do not want them to be able to determine her gender during job applications just based off of a resume. But the funny thing about you, like if you did have a kid, said kid would would not even need to go get a job because they could work in the family business. No, messing around. You got to get a job. You have to get a job outside of me. You have, no, 100%. Or they could be an entrepreneur. All I'm saying is like no, a lot of us not my child. You have to get things. a job first. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so again, what, for did a, you have a name for a girl or no? I did. And I, I'm not firm. I was never quite firm in it. Okay. Um, But it, it was, again, it always had to be unisex. I did not like Tyler. That was an example. Okay. That's a good, that's my nephew's name. It is. But I've always thought about if it's a girl specifically, yeah. you have to, it has to be unisex. I do not want her, I don't want any kind of labeling happening prior mm-hmm. to her walking in that office and tearing that interview down. Okay. None of this is happening. Yeah. So right. Okay. Well, y'all got some free uh, kid names. Feel free to name Listen, your kid. Listen, have at it. You can name him Tiffany too. She, she <laughs> no. That's allowed. No. All right. So we were talking about Roth. Not the name, but the financial concept of a Roth IRA yes. or a Roth 401k. So there is the idea of converting a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, right? Again, we, we've basically described that the Roth is a lot better, especially if you're young and you've got years and years of potential for growth. So by the end of the year, you could consider converting a part of your traditional IRA into a Roth. Now, the downside of this is you've got to pay the tax right now. So you want to think about it at the end of the year because by now you know pretty much how much money you've made already. And you know how much it will take if you talk to your accountant, how much more income could I make before I go into that next higher tax bracket, right? And so I might be able to convert a little piece of my traditional IRA every year into a Roth, pay a little bit of taxes, 
but set myself up for a great future of having a big Roth IRA account that can grow to be worth millions and millions of dollars, and I'll never have to pay that tax on that money because I paid it in advance. So consider a Roth IRA conversion. You just have to do it by the end of the year. So I have more baby names. I have more female baby names. Um, are you prepared? She's never going to stop. I mean, I'm, I'm on a roll now. I've never had the opportunity to talk about this publicly. Okay. Um, so I did this, again, just an extension. I did consider naming a daughter Christina, but she'd go by Chris oh only on, like, you know, formal documents. I've thought of Devin. Okay. Right? I feel like Devin. I know a lot. First of all, I know a lot of, I only know female Devins, actually. I know three female Devins, but I thought that was like a unisex name that would work mm -hmm. for sure. I know I mentioned Tyler, but what about Taylor? Okay. Right? Could Taylor, Taylor could be a guy or a girl, mm -hmm. potentially. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. just trying to share. A lot I, of people I, I are pregnant like, right now. Yeah. So you are, you're, you need some assistance. Maybe yep. these are things that you haven't thought about before. Maybe I, you've never heard the Christian remix of Computer Love. Yeah. You should. Oh my. That's also the song that I came out to at prom, just in case. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Um, I love that in King Richard, he called Serena Junior. I thought that was sweet to call your daughter Junior. I like that. So, so I didn't agree. You didn't now, think I don't know how cool? we got to, I don't know where this came from, King Richard, because I was talking about baby names, but I didn't like it. You didn't like that he calls her Junior? I did, only, I did not like that he calls her Junior because he has other children older than her, including sons that could have been a Junior. But if you're the kid being called that, it's just sweet. You feel It makes you feel empowered yes, and special. Yes, it makes you feel special. And for all the other children, it makes you feel less special. Okay. That's the way that I took it. I felt like... Yo, man, people have a Junior and have other kids. Like, what is... What difference is Your mean? junior is supposed to be your next, like you're the one after no, you. No, 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 no. I don't know my, anybody. My dad is a junior and my dad is three out of seven. My dad's a junior. Yeah, I feel like that's like a, picking your favorite child. They're just born. How do you know if they're your favorite child? No, you can How just, do you? Because like you, you skipped four people and was like, nah, this one. <laughs> this is my junior. I don't know about none of these other ones, but this one right here is my junior. Oh my God. My, my. If I was like the first, I would feel horrible. You, I would need so much therapy. Oh my God. Because why couldn't I be the junior? I'm Yo, supposed to, you so much didn't want me to be the oh junior that you just ignored natural law. My second kid is named after me and there's no issue. There's zero Yet. issue with this. Yet. Oh my God. So let's keep going. So we were talking about retirement accounts and we also mentioned this idea of once you turn, 72. It used to be 70 and a half. Now it's 72. They force you, the IRS forces you to take money out of your retirement account annually, a percentage. They actually calculate your life expectancy and they then do some math and figure out, well, if you're going to live, if you're this age, we figure you're going to live another 20 years, you've got to take out at least this percentage or this amount this yeah. year. And that's called the RMD, the required minimum distribution. As Alan mentioned, it's just law, right? Like after you get to a certain age, you are required to take this money out. Again, I think this is a little bit haterish also. Like, like you, you, you're growing a little bit too much. You, you've been invested a little bit too long. It's time for you to spend this money so we can get our tax money. Yeah. Like, that's really what, it, what it's about. Like, you, we have allowed you to sit here long enough on this money. It's time for us to get some taxes off of that. And so no matter what, you are required to take a certain amount out. It's different for everybody. Every so year it changes. If, yeah, it changes every year. So please don't think, well, if my husband has to take this out, I'm probably going to have to take this much out. Absolutely not. 
you are going to have to talk to someone or look it up in order for you to find out your specific required minimum distribution. Yeah. So by 1231, that's the deadline for taking it out. Yeah. So that's and, the other thing. Yeah. If you don't take it out by the end of the year, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. There are some folks, if you turn 72 in 2021, they give you until April of 2022, but you'll then have to take two distributions in, in next year in 2022. So typically we advise folks to go and take their distribution in the first year. And the final thing we have to say about an RMD is that you can look in your December statement of the year before. That's where you'll find the amount calculated for you. If you can't find the December statement, go to your financial advisor or your accountant, and they might be able to help you figure that out. The other thing you should think about before the end of the year is making your charitable gifts. So we are talking about all the taxes that you have to pay, and everybody's always looking for a tax write-off. Well, a lot of times that comes in the form of giving. If you know you haven't given this year and you're concerned about your tax bill next year, get that giving in before the end of this year. Yeah, that's a fact. Now, it used to be that you could only get a tax write-off if you were itemizing your tax deductions, but that changed recently. Now, there's what's called an above-the-line charitable deduction, meaning even if you don't itemize what's below the line, you can get a deduction above the line. Now, look, what is this line? I was it's just, ready to say, because it, to me, it just sounds like above the table. I'm like, what you talking about <laughs> and what you not talking about? What, we, what are we claiming and what, do we, what are we ignoring? Yeah, so I'm a tax nerd. I've memorized the tax form. So it literally is just on page one, they calculate your income. And then on page two, they start calculating your deductions. So really, it's the portion of the tax return where you're still calculating income. So on that front page of the tax return, you can put in up to $300 as a charitable gift if you're an individual or $600 if you're a couple. So as a self-described tax nerd, I have a question. Okay. And I do this every year regardless. So I don't know if okay. it's law or not. I consider my tithes charitable giving. It is. Oh, it is. 100%. Okay. Because it's on here. I'm getting my tax break whether it's a, it, we're all in agreement or not. Now, whether you can write it off or not depends on how much that's none of my, deductions that's, you have. Yeah, that's what my accountant. So, I don't get involved in that part. So you, Tiffany, as a homeowner, you are most likely itemizing your deductions now. And here's here's why. So there's what's called a standard deduction. So everybody gets this amount, right? The amount of standard deduction is 18650 So they give you a chance to do your own deductions. If you add up all the stuff that's deductible and adds up to less than 18650 It definitely adds up to more. Then you take the standard. If you've got more, then you take an itemized deduction. So the things that go into your deductions would be like your property tax. Like you're already close. Yeah, I was gonna write off say, that. I'm, I'm right. I'm like I'm like four dollars from being maxed out. On, although although on that they one. they cap Trump capped yes. that at ten thousand dollars. I almost cursed. I almost I almost called yeah. him a derogatory name based yeah. off of that, but because it's not helping me. Your state income taxes also grouped together with your property taxes capped at ten k. I'm out already. I've been out. <laughs> I was out on property taxes. Like we're Mor done here. Mortgage interest. None of that, that is not is not making it. No, mortgage your mortgage interest is getting itemized for sure. It's putting you above the 18,650. I'm I'm again, I'm saying I'm maxed out. 
I've I've been maxed out already. What does that mean, maxed? Out? Like whatever the cap, the cap. Like I know. Oh yeah, you know you're yeah, over. I'm you're over. over. I'm gone. But they've limited them. I'm saying like your your property tax plus your income, your state income tax. They they merge those together and it could add up to twenty k. Yes. You're only getting credit for ten k. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what we don't need to address the others but, because we are. We are beyond the 10K. I know, but I'm saying now the other stuff adds to it. So your charitable deductions adds to it. So like you might be at forty or $50,000 in deductions by the time Tiffany's done. The with question it. is, what is what about the other 30000 So like we're, we've maxed, we've hit the 10. Is the other 30000 is that above the line? Is that the above oh, the line? Oh, everything I just talked about is below the line. Oh my God. That's then, all below the line. But I'm saying even if you don't itemize... Because we're going away. It doesn't sound like I actually, it, there's a reason. I mean, again, I pay a person to do no, this, but now good. it you're, sounds like what am I even itemizing for? Oh my gosh. I'm going to hit this 10K off one and then the, the rest 10K doesn't is, matter. is one part of the itemization. That's one little section. But I'm saying, like, even if you don't itemize, every single person that files a tax return now can get a charitable deduction $300 if you're an individual $300. or $600 if you're a married couple. And so you've got to do that by the end of the year. That would make a person just not even deduction. want to be charitable. Oh my God. $300. <laughs> Get out of here. All year? Okay. You're a Scrooge if that's okay. all you've managed to give up. And I don't even mean in cash, like in time, so for some people, resources, in time, resources, goods. Our time is valuable. Yeah, but you can't get a tax write off for your time, B. So, man. Sorry. So, other things, we just did a whole show last week about. Smarts giving. Yes. We talked about giving stock instead of cash. We talked about giving non-cash items like clothes and furniture. Like these are all things that you can get a deduction for. We also talked about the donor advised fund. That's Tiffany's favorite investment vehicle. It definitely is because you get a major tax implication up front, right? Even if you don't give all the money. So even if you don't give all the money out this year, if you put all the money in this year by twelve thirty by twelve thirty one, but you decide like I'm about to spread this out over the next five six years, you still get that tax break for the full amount up front. Facts, facts. So other things that need to be done by the end of the year, we we did a whole show on open enrollment, right? So now's the time for folks to by the end of the year choose their healthcare plans for those who are not employed by a company and covered by an em employer's plan. Right? We've got open enrollment that's happening right now. But also for those who are on Medicare, those in their 60s and up, now's the chance to pick your supplementary health insurance on top of that. You got to do that by the end of the year. So I think there's a conspiracy going on. Um, I think that the government is selling our email addresses. What? Here's the thing. I've always been transparent that like I'm all in on Obamacare, right? Like that's how I get my health insurance. Okay. And I, I'm a participant in open enrollment. Okay. Right for the last how for the last several years, and you fill out your information, you get some information back. It's all well and good. This year, I have received so many, at least like five emails a day, from healthcare providers, from you know medical whatever, insurance whatever, specifically highlighting open enrollment, and we can maybe we can beat open enrollment, or maybe you should look at this. I'm like. All of a sudden this year, I'm getting all of these soliciting emails around my health insurance that I've never received before, ever. Yeah. I think personally, I think that someone else sold your email address and they just happen to be hitting you up about something 
like how but it literally just start it's literally started when open enrollment started is when all these emails yeah, started. of course because they know that folks are out there looking for health insurance and you it's the government might have been one of them you know you can get a lot of money for selling lead emails i'm giving out your email address do not for now on either way okay. but yeah i mean back to the bigger point like open enrollment is a really big thing guys like this is the thing you don't want to just forget about this is the thing that you don't want to put off or avoid i think a lot of times people are like i don't have time to get online and go through this whole thing it really doesn't take a long time and it is vital for your health and living for the yeah. whole year right yeah. like you want to be able to be healthy you want to be able to get checked out if something's wrong you want to be able to get your prescriptions or just be prepared for whatever happens in your body and so open enrollment to me is one of the most important things that has to happen and has to be resolved by the end of the year. Yeah. And really it's December 15th. Yes. For, yeah. For that's a really good point. So, and even yeah. if you're like, listen, because for a lot of people, it might roll over. Like you'll get this letter in the mail that says, if you don't have any changes, you know, you don't have to do anything or just send this back and we're all good to go. But like we talked about on our open enrollment podcast, you want to just check. Maybe you might want to change some things. You might not be getting all the coverage that you need or want. So at least just review it. Even if you don't have any major changes that come to mind, just review your current health insurance as you go through the open enrollment process and consider some changes. Facts. So we're still talking about things that we need you to take care of by the end of the year. These are financial things. These are adult things. These are just grown-ass things to consider. So stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Hi, this is Donnie Rose, Chief Content Editor here at The North Star, encouraging you to check out thenorthstar.com every day for insightful, engaging commentary on the stories that impact our culture. The writers at The North Star make it our mission to advocate mobilize, agitate, and disrupt in the name of creating liberation-centered content. We unapologetically center the narratives of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. We understand that you can get news from anywhere, so we are more interested in offering perspective that speaks to the experiences of our audience. We write freely and with freedom on our minds. We invite you to indulge in our daily editorials and engage in the dialogue that will change the world. We are back. Yes. Things that you need to get done. By the end of the year. These are things like that are not sexy. There, there's nothing sexy about any of the things that we're talking about. Not we're talking about William Roth. We're talking <laughs> about, you know, open enrollment, dentist appointments. Yeah. What you're going to name your children. Yeah, spending money on your flexible spending account. Yeah, like this isn't the show that's like exciting, right? Yeah. But this is the show that keeps you responsible and makes sure you're good to go for the next year. Very necessary, these things. So before the break, we were talking about a little bit of everything. Uh, let's keep it going. So now's a great time to meet with your accountant, not in April or January, oh, but, gosh. but now. Like by now, it's very clear the income that you've made. It's very clear what's been withheld from your paychecks. Why not send your pay stub over to your CPA and ask him or her, should I be making some adjustments to my withholdings for next year? So here's why I love this, right? Like a lot of times people are surprised come April, 
right? Because everybody waits to the last minute to do their taxes. They're very surprised at what happens if they have a bill or if they're getting a refund or if they're not getting a refund and they feel like they're caught off guard. This is your opportunity to not be caught off guard and to make some slight changes if you don't like the way things may potentially turn out. I also feel like because it's not traditional tax season, I feel like accountants are a lot more available and like are more willing to give you more of their time, right? Like when it's tax season, they are under the gun, they are pressed, they can't give you all this time. But if you really want like an understanding and a strategy and let's sit down and see like how this is going to fare out next year, this is the time to do it 100%. They're available, Mm -hmm. right? And they're kicking it, right? They're kicking it, right? Like they've been chilling for months, right? They have big deadlines in April. And then September and October. Right. November, December. Right. Downtime. So hit them up now. Again, it allows you to make any potential changes before you get some news you don't want to hear next April. If you're expecting some sort of refund or you're hoping that your tax bill is lower this year than it's been in previous years, this is your opportunity where you can make some changes now because you got a little bit of time left before Mm -hmm. 1231. And you can be in a better position. Yeah. You could also do things like figure out, okay, there's a couple of things that that my podcast advisors told me about. Like, should I do this? Like, for example, another one would be like, should I make my January mortgage payment now so I can get an even bigger deduction on the interest paid? Right? Like, that's a decision that you and your CPA can make after reviewing where your tax situation is right now. Other things to talk about with your CPA, like some people took a coronavirus-related IRA distribution mm-hmm. in 2020, and those taxes get spread over three years. Do you have the money to pay those taxes, mm. right? Like that's the sort of thing you can be talking about with your CPA right now. Other tax stuff. Do you have an investment account? If you have an investment account that's not an IRA but more of a brokerage account, Now's the great time to be doing what's called loss harvesting. There we go. That's the one. I think that's the thing that like people don't really think about or they're not aware. If you don't have a financial advisor, it's very likely that you may not be aware of that as a strategy, but you are always looking for ways to not pay so much in taxes. This is a strategy that thinks about that in advance and does some loss harvesting. Yeah. Loss harvesting is really the idea that let's say you own a portfolio of stocks right? And bonds. But let's just say it's all stocks for a second. And this is in a brokerage account, right? This is not in a tax deferred IRA, Roth IRA, any 401k, right? This is a regular brokerage account. And in your portfolio, almost every year, you're going to have some winners and losers, right? If you have investments that have gone down and they're worth less today than what you paid for them, you can sell those investments capture the tax loss, wait 31 days, and you can buy them back again, but you've already pocketed the loss. Now, the value of that loss is that you can use that loss to offset other gains, right? And so we love to see clients build up losses that they book on their tax return. They get carried forward into future years because eventually you're going to sell some of your winners and you don't want to pay all that capital gains tax. And so we think it's a great time right now to review your brokerage account, see if there's some opportunities to take some losses, make those sales right now. And again, this also can be a conversation with your financial advisor. If you have one, get on their books before the end of the year and have this conversation and say, you know, what are we doing when it comes to our tax strategy? Is it time to do some loss harvesting? 
If so, let's get it done ASAP. Again, they will completely understand, but get it done ASAP before going into the next year. Yeah. We should talk about some strategies, Tiffany, for the wealthy at this point. I mean, all of these are strategies for the wealthy. Are they? I mean, for like the 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 materially for 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 the broke. I mean, there's. I feel like there's strategies for everybody. Whether you don't have it yet, you're on your way to getting it. You got it. You've been had it. Like, I feel like these are strategies for everybody. Like taxes, health insurance. Like these apply to all incomes. Yeah, but these next few are really for the folks that really balling. Have a little bit more than most. Okay. Okay. The balling advice. Okay. So like we have clients, for example, who've done things like received legal settlements for significant sums. Yes. Or settlements from being exonerated for crimes they didn't commit or that just sold a business or saved a lot of money. And one day they will be subject to the estate tax. The estate tax is like a major, major tax. It takes 50% of your money. At Man. death. Like the estate tax is no joke, right? So if you've got an estate. Spend it. All I'm saying is spend it. All right. Or do some planning. Or do some. Do or some, some and that's what we're talking about right but if, now. Again, this happens at death. So we say estate because it's what gets passed on to your estate. Or you can just spend it. Or you could do some planning, man. You say you got options. You don't have to spend it. You could do some planning. So this is for folks who expect that they'll be worth more than $10 million when they die. And they're an individual. Yes. Or for couples who expect that their estate, when they both pass, will be worth more than $20 million, right? It doesn't mean you've got that now. But like when you think about what's happening in the future, and a lot of folks that if you've got 4 or $5 million right now and you're under the age of 70. Yeah, and you're investing. Like, we are talking about you. Yeah, you're going to have $10 million or more For sure. in the future especially if you're doing a decent job at investing, right? So if you're going to be in that bucket where you're going to pay the estate tax in the future, you need to be doing some things right now to get some cash, to get some money out of your estate, right? So we would suggest if you have children, you should be giving money to your kids every year. Now, Now, this is a little controversial. Like, I don't want to give these yeah, you don't have anything. to give it to them for them to actually spend, right? But we do want you to put it in a place that's designated to them and off of your books. Yeah, it could be a trust that they can't touch right, right now, right? But you want to be putting money away. So for an individual, you can give $15,000 per year. For a couple, it's $30,000 per year, right? So you can take these amounts, and this is per recipient. So if you had 10 kids... That's $300,000 that you're getting out of your estate, putting it into your kids' names so that that portion is now growing on its own. There's no estate tax that'll ever get attached to that bucket of money. And if you can do this every year, I know it's a small amount, 15, 30K. I mean, small amount relative to the millions of dollars we're talking about. You can avoid having to pay 50% estate tax. Or them having to pay 50% of estate tax. Really, it's your estate. Like yeah. Your estate is its own taxpayer. Correct. Right. So that's money that effectively they've paid because it's coming out of what they would inherit. Instead of taking away what they would inherit. That's exactly right. So like if you end up with like a $12 million estate, the first $10 million they don't tax, but that $2 million, they're going to hit you for Half. 50%. Half. That's a $1 million tax bill. Right. And that's, again, debt. that's $1 million that's not going to your estate and whoever those beneficiaries are. Yeah, that's a fact. So if you think you'll be in the estate tax at some point in the future and you have kids, why not every year 
put away 15K per kid into a trust or some sort of account for them. Or if you're a married couple, 30K per child into an account for them. And so if you, as Alan mentioned, if this is the place that you're in, you've got a couple of weeks left to put that money aside in some sort of trust or vehicle for your children before January 1 hits and it starts over. That's a fact. That's a fact. So the final thing, and this again is for the folks that, you know. Balling. They've got a little bit of resources. Balling. Okay. So we talked earlier about retirement accounts and how you can be forced to take money out through a required minimum distribution once you're over the age of 72 or 70.5. 72 is the new number. It used to be 70 and a half. Did you know, Tiffany, that there's a stipulation that says you can donate your RMD to charity and avoid having to pay those income taxes? You can donate up to $100,000 from your, from your required minimum distribution, and then you don't pay the taxes on that money. That's nice. I guess here are my questions. Is it anybody who needs charity? Does it have to no, be like a 501c3 a, exactly. charity? Because like I know some, some people who need some money. Yeah, no. If And you could give it to a, a donor advised fund. There we go. That's the part that I like the most, right? Because I feel like that's the part that you have a little bit more control over and you're not rushed to actually push these funds out at one period of time, right? Like you can make more decisions. You can think this out a little bit more, but you've put the money aside in a way that has a tax benefit to you while still allowing you the grace to distribute that money later on. That's a fact. If you're over the age of 72 and you're required to make distributions and you have enough financial resources that you don't need to spend this money and you're charitable anyway, why not give your RMD to charity? That's okay. all we're saying. I'm not mad at is that. Is that okay? That Those are my two bits for the, for the, ball for the wealthy folks, folks on the line? I like to believe all of our listeners are wealthy. Or on their way. Or, exactly. I was going to say you might not be there yet, but you are on your way there. And so I think all of this advice is useful for everybody to know, right? Because I do believe that part of the issue when we talk about wealth gaps amongst various races and cultures is just the lack of information, yeah, right? Like if fact. we would have known upfront what we needed to do, then we would have done it, yeah, right? If we'd have been aware of these tax implications and all these other things, we'd have been doing it a long time ago. So I think mm -hmm. this information applies to everybody. And if it doesn't necessarily hit home for you today, pass it along. Yeah, or maybe it will in the future. It, yeah, the goal is for it to apply to you <laughs> in the future, 100%. So that's it. That's it. That's it. As you head into your Christmas season, we wish you blessings, good tidings. And we just want to say, yo, keep listening. If you've got some questions about your financial picture, visit us at Momentum-Advisors.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Momentum Advice. We'll see you next week. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Momentum.